Hi, this is Carly, Recovered Alcoholic. Welcome to episode 23 of North Star Big Book. We are on page 60 in How It Works. We have just finished reading the 12 steps, which is our program of recovery. And we are, after reading step 12, it says, many of us exclaimed, what in order? I, can, I can't go through with it, which is how I felt basically about everything when I got sober. It says, do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. I underline the next sentence. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. And I underlined spiritual progress. The word progress means to move forward. Move forward. And I want to just make a point here. I sometimes hear people in AA joke around when they talk about like messing up big time in life and they say, you know, we claim spiritual progress rather than perfection. You know, I didn't kill that person or I didn't cheat on my, you know, spouse. And what that is not what we're saying here. We're saying move forward. None of us are perfect. None of us can do anything here perfectly. I have resentments and fears every single day. My problem isn't that um, am I perfect or not. It's about am I growing? Am I moving ahead? The next part I bracketed from our description to the whole bottom of the page. And this is the part that's going to get me into action. It says our description of the alcoholic, the chapters of the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. Above A, B, and C, I wrote turn into questions. So I want to stop right here and turn these A, B, and C into questions that I can ask myself and ask the person I'm taking through the book with. So A, as a question, would say, are you an alcoholic and could you manage your own life? And remember, the way that we identify as an alcoholic out of the book is we have a physical allergy to alcohol or a mental obsession. Next to A, I wrote step one. That's step one. B, Do you think a human power can relieve you of your alcoholism? That's step two. Do you think there's someone out there that can help you? Or have you tried and no one can help you and you need need something bigger? That's step two. And C, do you think God can and will if you seek God? And that also is step two. In the first edition, it actually said God can and will. It didn't even say could and would. Um... So those are the three questions that we're going to answer. After we answer them, I wrote above the next paragraph, are you convinced? Question mark. Are you convinced? So are you convinced of those three things? Are you convinced that you're an alcoholic and you can't manage your own life? Are you convinced that no one can help you? And are you convinced that if you seek out this God that you don't understand, that you might be able to get free? Then it says, being convinced... We were at step three, and I circled step three, so that's where we are now, which is that we decided to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understood him. On the side, I wrote the word we, and in quotation marks, because we just said we, 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 and I wrote we, and I said people who have successfully done this. So the we that they're referring to are the people who have successfully done this work, Not the people who are in AA. These are people who have successfully done this step work. I circled the words will and life in that first sentence. We talked about them before and I want to identify them again. I wrote on the bottom of the page the word will equals thoughts. 
and life equals actions. Will is my thoughts. Life is my actions. So can I turn my thinking and my actions over to the care of God? For some reason, that is a lot more easily understandable for me than my will and my life. And when I first got sober, I couldn't turn my thoughts over to God because I didn't know how to control them in any way. And all I could turn over was my actions. And there's still some times where my best is to help me change my actions. And my thoughts come after that. It says, just what do we mean by this and just what do we do? So now they're going to be very specific about that. The first requirement, I circled and underlined the word requirement. There is no longer a suggestion here. The program of recovery, which is the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, is a suggestion. If you come to AA, all are welcome if you want to stop drinking. If you want to get better, we suggest our program of recovery. The only suggestion in the whole entire program is if you want to do the work or not. Once you decide to do the work, there are no more suggestions. It's requirements. So if you're going to do the work, the first requirement is that, and I wrote on the top of this paragraph the word instructions. They're very clear here. They're giving me very clear instructions. The first requirement is that we be convinced, I underline we be convinced, they're talking about that again, that any life and self-will can hardly be a success. Remember, if we're talking about will as our thoughts, they're saying that any life run on self-thinking can hardly be a success. All I have to do is look back at any time I got myself into trouble and it was always about something I thought of and I figured out and I always ended up getting into trouble. I wrote on the side, we have to be convinced. We have to be convinced. We can't do this by ourselves. We have to be convinced we can't do this by ourselves. So that's another question I can ask myself is, am I convinced that I can't do this on my own? Which means... Am I convinced I can be sober and Alcoholics Anonymous and that I can't just show up at meetings and expect to stay okay? Am I convinced that I need outside help, that I need a higher power, that I need a sponsor, that I need to do these steps? Or do I still believe the lie that I can run this on my own? Anytime today in my life that I don't do an inventory when I need to do an inventory, that I don't pray and meditate when I need to pray and meditate, that I don't reach out to somebody when I need to reach out to somebody, that I don't show up to where I need to be, those are times where I am forgetting my truth, which is that I need that I that I need this outside help. I need AA. It says on that basis, so on the basis of being convinced, we are of on the basis of running the show ourselves with our thinking, we are almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though our motives are good. Most people try to live by self-propulsion. Each person is like an actor who wants to run the whole show. By the way, everyone always used to direct me to this page because they said I was just like this person. It's forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in his own way. On the top of 61, if his arrangements would only stay put, if only people would do as he wished, the show would be great. And I felt that way. Like, you guys, just read the lines. I wrote them down. Just read your part. I even had a boyfriend at one time that said to me, I don't know how to have a conversation with you because you already have in mind what you want me to say. And when I don't say it, you get mad, which I was like, yeah, I know. Um, On the top of 61, I wrote steps one and two. Steps one and two, and I wrote identified problem and solution. So steps one and two, we identify the problem in one, the solution in two. Then I wrote step three. Decision to change. That's where we do in step three. Decision to change. And then I wrote four through nine is action. 
That's that's how we change. So step three brings me to the decision to change, and I do that through four through nine, which is the action. So it says, everybody, including himself, will be pleased. Life will be wonderful. I'm, in trying to make these arrangements, our actor may sometimes be quite virtuous. He may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest and self-sacrificing. On the other hand, he may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. But as with most humans, he is more likely to have varied traits. And next to the word traits, I wrote, problem is self, how we act. Problem is self, how we act. And on the side, I wrote, problem is self, solution is God. Problem is self, solution is God. And that's still my problem and that's still my solution. But my real problem when I'm not happy today is because I'm forgetting what my real truth is and what my job is. And whenever I remember it, when I do an inventory and I'm guided back to the truth and I'm guided back to what I can change, I feel better. And when I focus on self, I feel worse. And when I focus on others, I feel better. The decision that we're talking about in step three, which we're approaching, implies further action, which is four through 12. So I wrote on the side, decision implies further action. Decision implies further action, and the for further action is 4 through 12. The next paragraph, I bracketed the whole paragraph. I wrote on the side, let God be the director of our thinking. Let God be the director of our thinking. And then I wrote, decide to have God direct my actions. Decide to have God direct my actions. So, the whole deal is we figured out that we are causing the problem and now we need to make a decision to let God run the show. And then we we are told that we the next thing we need to do is um, block ourselves by this inventory process and we're like, wait a minute, I'm not doing that. But we just made the decision to not run the show and we're still trying to control it. What usually happens? The show doesn't come off very well. So they're talking about what usually happens when I'm running the show. He begins to think life doesn't treat him right. I felt that way all the time. He decides to exert himself more, right? If it doesn't work, I'm going to push harder. He becomes on the next occasion still more demanding, which is how I bullied my parents, or gracious, as the case may be, whatever I need to do to get what I want. Still, the play does not suit him because I'm never happy. I'm constantly discontent. Admitting he may be somewhat at fault, he is sure that other people are more to blame. I underlined, he becomes angry, indignant, self-pitying. So those things are me being in self-will. What is his basic trouble? I underlined, is he not really a self-seeker? Ooh, this really un made me uncomfortable. Is he not really a self-seeker even when trying to be kind? So even when I'm trying to be kind, I'm still seeking out your approval, your recognition, your gold star. And if you don't see me doing it, I need to make sure you know about it. I underlined, is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if he only manages well? I underlined the, that sentence and I double underlined the word delusion and I, above it I wrote the lie. So am I a victim of the lie that I can wrestle satisfaction and happiness out of my, out of my world if I manage well? Is it not evident to all the rest of the players that these are the things he wants? I underline the next part. And do not his actions make each of them wish to retaliate? I couldn't see that until I did step five with my sponsor. I couldn't see that my actions caused the people I was resentful at 
to retaliate. And all I could see was that they retaliated and how could they do this to me? And it wasn't until I had a sponsor that made me look back farther down the hallway and say, why did this happen? Why did you do that? Why did she do that? And it helped me see that I made decisions based on self that later placed me in a position to be hurt, which blew the top of my head off. It says, snatching all they can get out of the show. Is he not, even in his best moments, I underline this part, a producer of confusion rather than harmony? And I I wrote next to that, what were you? Question mark. Were you a producer of confusion or harmony? And just remember, steps one, two, and three are conclusions of the mind. They do not require any action. One, two, and three are conclusions of the mind, no action. Our actor is self-centered, egocentric, as people like to call it nowadays. He is like the retired businessman who lolls in the Florida sunshine in the winter, complaining of the sad state of the nation. Just so you know, all the people they're going to be talking about in this paragraph are people who don't do anything. The minister who sighs over the sins of the 20th century, politicians and reformers who are sure all would be utopia if the rest of the world would only behave, the outlaw safecracker who thinks society has wronged him, and the alcoholic who has lost all and is locked up. So these are all people who are running the show and they're not doing the work. Whatever our protestations are not most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentment, or our self-pity. And when I think about it, it always comes back to me. Even if I'm upset about something that's going on with you, I'm upset about it because it's affecting me. On the top of the page I wrote this, and if you don't want to write it, it's totally fine, but it rings true for me. I wrote, in order to do a third step, so in order to make the decision to change, to really want to change, you have to know you're a self-centered bastard. And I wrote on the side, baseline. My sponsor said, my baseline, when I'm getting to step three, needs to be that I need to see myself for who I am. So I said, in order to do a third step, you have to know you're a self-centered bastard. That's my baseline. I have to know that the person I'm, I'm behaving like, the way I behave, the person I am, is someone who sucks the joy and everything out of life and is taking it from everyone else. The next, from selfish to self-centered, I bracketed the whole entire page. I wrote on the side where it all starts, and I wrote equals me. Everything starts with me. I remember my mom for so many times in the kitchens yelling at me saying, you think the whole world revolves around you. I remember thinking, what is she talking about? But I did. I underlined and starred and highlighted selfishness, self-centeredness, and I underlined this whole paragraph. That we think is the root of our troubles. So the root is the deep down starting point. If you've ever landscaped and tried to pull out weeds, if you just pull the weeds from the top and you rip them off and you don't get the root, they immediately grow back really, really quickly. If I want to get rid of the weed, I have to dig down in the dirty dirt earth and pull out the nasty, angry root and get the whole thing out. If I dig down in the depths of me, what I find is decisions that I've always made that were best for me. Decisions I made based on fear, decisions I made based on anger, decisions I made based on selfishness or dishonesty, but it was always about what was best for me. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, so that's what I'm driven by. Self-delusion, 
self-seeking and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Of course they would, right? You step on someone's toes, they're going to get mad. Sometimes they hurt us because they want to get back at us. I underlined again the words seemingly without provocation because to me, I couldn't see any reason why you were mad at me. Why did you just hit me? I couldn't see what I start, how I started it. But, I underlined, we invariably find that at some time in the past, we, I underlined, have made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. This paragraph was like the slamming door for me. Once I understood this, once this was explained to me out of the book, I could never look at my life the same way again. Once I was able to see the clarity in that, I couldn't not see it. Once I knew that I was the reason why all these problems were happening, if you look back far enough, like for example, the boyfriend that I was living with and having an open relationship with, and it was a nightmare. I, on when I did my fourth step for the first time, I wrote so easily all the things that he did and why I was mad at him and what it affected in me. And when I had to write my part and I had to look at my character defects and how I created them, I couldn't believe it because I'd never looked at it before, but I was the reason why this was all happening. I was the reason why he kept cheating on me because I kept going back to him, even though he kept telling me I don't want to be in a monogamous relationship. I was the reason why we were living in this apartment together because I didn't want to be without him and I compromised my my everything in order to stay with him. I was the reason why I was getting hurt. He kept telling me the honest truth and showing me the honest truth by his behavior. And I kept believing the lie that it would be different if I gave him more and more and more of myself. And it never was. So I was the one who was at fault. The next paragraph says, I underlined, so our troubles we think are basically of our own making. I underlined, the, they arise out of ourselves and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot. Remember, self-thinking run riot. I wrote on the side, all roads lead back to me. All roads lead back to me. Though he usually doesn't think so, of course we don't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of the selfishness. I underline that word must. I underline the next must. We must or it kills us. And I underline the word kill in red. God makes that possible. I underline the next sentence. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. So the book tells me right there, the solution is God, the problem is me, and the the only way I can get rid of this is through God. And the program tells me the only way I can connect to God is by doing these steps so I can get unblocked and let the firefighters in so I can breathe. And that's like God. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them even though we would have liked to. So we all wanted great things, but we didn't know how to follow through because we couldn't, because we were sick. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. I underlined, we had to have God's help. And I put a star there. We had to have God's help. This is the how and why of it. I underlined, first of all, we had to quit playing God. And I wrote next to that, solution. The solution is we are no longer going to run the show. Watch yourself and see what happens in your present time when you get in trouble or when someone's upset with you or when things don't go well. Most of it is usually me trying to run the show unsuccessfully. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, 
God was going to be our director. And I underline that, our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father. We are his children. Most good ideas are simple. And this concept was the keystone. I underline the word keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we passed to freedom. Keystone, I wrote next to Keystone, holds it all together. So if you don't know what a Keystone is, you can do this, and it was helpful to me. I drew an arch, like a doorway arch, that was made like in a castle. And in the middle of the arch, at the top of the arch in the middle, I made like, um, I don't remember the name of the shape. It's not a rectangle because it's not equal. It's it's like um, on the bottom it's smaller and on the top it's bigger. And those two lines are parallel and it makes a keystone. And that keystone is what they shoved into place to get the arch to um, stay still. And then I drew the arch, the stones around it. You need that keystone in order for it to be solid. What they're telling me here is that the keystone, which is the belief that God is going to be in charge, I'm going to be running, I'm not running the show, I'm going to follow God's direction, is what's going to hold everything into place. And they use this metaphor a lot in the book. They talk about our spiritual foundation. They talk about building mortar without sand. You'll see them talk about this a lot, the structure. It says, on the top of 63, I wrote wrote in big letters, do you want to change the way you think and act? Do you want to change the way you think and act? And that's really what step three is. You're not you're not figuring out your whole life right here. It's do you want to change? Do you like how life has been going since you've been running it? So this next paragraph I bracketed and I wrote on the top of it promises of step three. Promises of step three. And then I wrote the word if and I circled that word if. Promises of step three if we follow step three up with four through twelve. If we follow step three up with four through 12, I'm going to get the promises in this next paragraph as long as I do four through 12 right after we're about to read my second favorite promise in the entire book. And we're going to go over it. I underline when we sincerely took such a position, which the position they're talking about is that God is in charge and I'm going to work underneath God. When we sincerely took such a position, all sorts of remarkable things follow because I'm doing the work. I'm doing four through nine and then I'm doing 10, 11 and 12. We had a new employer, being all-powerful. I underlined and starred and highlighted and circled this next sentence. It's my promise. He provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. I want to go over this. I wrote on the side, sacred partnership. Sacred partnership. This is the first real partnership I'm going to have in AA. At first, I have it with a sponsor. This is the first sacred one that is beautiful and real. I don't know why, but I picture me and God. I don't know what God looks like because I can't picture it. But I picture us sitting at like a folding table. And like the kind that they have at meetings. And I've got my folding chair. And we're laying it all out here. And God and I are about to shake hands on this partnership. And this is a contract that, that we've signed together. And this is the promise. God is going to give me what I need. And I circle the word needed. Not what I want. They do not promise me what you want. God is going to give me what I need. If, there's that word if. I circled that word if. Here's my part. I've got to do two things. 
I need to keep close to him and I need to perform his work well. And just so you know, so you don't have to have a meeting about it, God's work is these steps and that's it. It's real simple. So I need to stay close to God and do his work well and God's going to give me what I need. The reason why this is my second favorite promise in the big book is because in 19 years and three months, this promise has never, ever failed me. There has never been one time where God did not give me what I needed. There have been times when horrible, tragic, terrifying, sad things have happened. And I've been given what I needed and who I needed and the resources I needed to deal with it. It doesn't promise me relationships, house, life, health, jobs. It promises me I'm going to get what I need from God. And I need to stay close. And this is what gives me calm. It's my emotional blankie. When I do a 10-step and I remember, oh, I'm forgetting the dishonesty. I'm forgetting that God gives me what I needed. And there's never been a time that God hasn't. That makes me calm down. And these promises are through the 12 steps. And the book tells me I'm never supposed to stop doing 10, 11, and 12. Established on such a footing, the footing of this partnership, we became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans and designs. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. I underlined seeing what we could contribute to life. So as I'm getting closer to God and doing God's work, I'm going to start looking into what can I contribute. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, I underlined, as we discovered we could face life successfully, above the word successfully, I wrote through the 12 steps. I can face life today successfully through the 12 steps. It doesn't promise me facing easy things. It just says I could face it. As we became conscious, which is aware, of his presence, he, we began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. The word reborn just means changed. So I take someone all the way up to here. Once they're ready to do this, I also explain to them what we're going to be doing over the next month or so. How after we do this third step, I'm going to give them an, an instructions for four, which we're going to do next week. But I give I do this right away. I tell them they have a week to do their fourth step. We're going to meet to do their fifth step. They're going to do an hour after their fifth step with their higher power. And they're going to be quiet and look at what they did. Then they're going to do the six and seven. I'm going to give them instructions for that. We're going to make their step list. And we're going to pray about it and go over it to do their ninth of amends. They're going to start making amends. I have girls do two amends a week if they can. And I teach them how to do 10 and 11. And they hang out with us while we work with other people. And eventually they'll do 12. And as they're working on their ninth of amends, they're doing 10 and 11. And eventually 12. The book is very clear how this needs to go and the time frame in between each thing, which is very short. So I tell a girl up front what she's going to have to do so she doesn't get mad at me or balk and say, forget it, halfway through. It would be like if I was uh, an employer and I was hiring someone for a job. I want them to know what the job entails so they know what they're getting into and so they can say, no, I can't do this or, yeah, I can do that. The next part is step three. So I wrote step three. It says, we were, no, we were now at step three. I underlined the word step three and I wrote decision. Step three is just a decision. It was the scariest step I saw in the entire book um, when I was doing the work in the beginning because no one explained it to me and I was terrified. And finally, one day someone told me it's just a decision because I, I didn't know how I was going to turn everything over. It says, many of us said to our makers, we understood him. I underlined or highlighted this prayer. I tell people I'm working with that we can say whatever they'd like to say, that I say this out of the book, but they can do whatever they want. I've never had somebody say something else. Um, I 
typically get on my knees in a group of whoever I'm doing this with, whether it's one-on-one or with a whole group of people, I have my big book out and I put my knee down on the big book so I can read this page. For whatever reason, I forget this prayer whenever I'm doing it with a bunch of people after we've gone through the first three steps because I get nervous and excited. So I read that and it says, God, I offer myself to thee and I have them repeat after me. After the word thee, I wrote through four through nine. So I'm going to offer myself to you in four through nine to build with me and do with me as you as thou wilt. So I'm going to do four through nine with God. I underline, relieve me of the bondage of self and above bondage of self. First of all, bondage of self is underlined in red because that's what can happen to me when I don't do the work. And above bondage of self, I wrote through the 12 steps. So through the 12 steps, I'm going to be relieved of my bondage. Then I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties. Above take away my difficulties, it's, I wrote through the 12 steps. Don't take away my difficulties because they're uncomfortable. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help. Above witness to those I would help, I wrote through the 12 steps. Of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. Above that, I wrote through the 12 steps. May I do thy will always. I wrote on the side, let go of old behavior through four through nine. Let go of old behavior through four through nine. And then the word abandon means to give up completely or to surrender. To give up completely or to surrender. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready. I underlined the word ready. That we could at last, I underlined, abandon ourselves utterly to him. And above abandon ourselves utterly to him, I wrote, change my thinking in all areas. Change my thinking in all areas. We are going to stop here because I want to start next week um, right before we get to the bottom of 63 so it can just kind of flow into each other. But just to be clear, when I'm doing this with a girl and taking her through, I don't stop. I immediately do the third step and we start giving the directions to the fourth step and I tell her what to do that night. And I tell her that if she goes home and doesn't do the work for at least 20 minutes, then she's really not convinced that she can't do this by herself. So we're going to stop right there. I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you for this opportunity and I will see you next week.